Welcome to Finding Your Purpose podcast. My name is Meredith Kendall, and I'm the co-author of the 180 program and author of My Gigi's House, Finding Hope. Living out your faith when life disappoints. For this podcast, I was asked, how do you live out your faith when life disappoints? As I started to research, I found definitions. I even found scripture. And the more I wrote, (laughs) the more I felt like I was given a lecture. And that's not me. I love talking from the heart. I love sharing my personal struggles and wins, all while giving God the glory. So here it goes. Faith is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Stopping right there. I have faith that this podcast is going to reach the right people. I had faith that when I pushed all these buttons and it recorded and that it saved it, that I was going to be able to share it. But what happens when we have faith in people and they let us down? So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we live in a fallen world and we will let each other down. Some of it will be on purpose, but for the most part, it may come in the form of a misunderstanding or a miscommunication. We have to understand that living out of faith in God should never waver, even when life disappoints. Maybe you've prayed and prayed for an answer. Maybe your prayer had to do with a health concern, a financial need, or even a prodigal child. Maybe you are fighting for your marriage, yet your spouse is too far gone. I'm here to say that God never disappoints if we are looking at everything through his eyes. Faith in God, I think, has a deeper definition, and I am afraid that we don't take enough time to delve into that meaning. To have faith in God results in a strong conviction and devotion to. You have to remember who God is. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. In the recovery world, there is a saying that if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. Did you know that comes from Isaiah 7, 9, where it says, if you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. And as I was researching, I found Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Think about that. You cannot stand if you do not stand firm in your faith. And without that conviction, it is impossible to please God. And I am afraid. I'm afraid that we become so accustomed to having faith in the next charismatic leader, dynamic speaker, that when they let us down, and they will, we get disillusioned and blur the lines between living a life of faith in God and having faith in mortal people and things that will perish. For me, This has actually been a long road of retraining myself because I can easily get into a funk when I say I I have faith and yet things don't work out how I planned them or worse yet, how I prayed and prayed for. There have been two distinct times in my not so long past that God used to show me that I had misplaced faith and maybe even else a false sense of who God really was. As many of you know, I love to use personal stories as much as possible. But, and today's not going to be any different, but I do want to preface that with, that with all life's disappointments, especially now that social media is a major part of our day, I feel that disappointments get even more blown out of proportion 
because we um, watch daily, minute, whatever, uh, when others' prayers are being answered and they're plastering it all over their Facebook feed or their Instagram, all this good news, all these praise reports, not in a mean way, but they're just excited to share their news of, you know, how God answered their prayers and and then yet we feel left out because our answers may not have been praiseworthy or maybe God hasn't answered yet. When I get into my pity parties of why God did not answer my prayer the way I wanted, um, I have to be reminded that he is the omnipresent, omniscient God. And all I see is today, right now in front of me. I have found that even yesterday, like I said, can have blurred vision based upon an emotion, a motive, or a feeling of somehow someone wronged us. I have asked God to heal me of my asthma for three years now. And prior to that, um, I just lived with it because I didn't feel I could ask God for healing. I still remember people sending me scriptures and videos on how to pray the right way so that I could get the answer I desired from God. (laughs) Do I believe God heals? Oh, yes. Do I believe that God answers prayers? Yes. Do I understand why God doesn't choose to give me a resounding yes on all my prayers? Uh, No. (laughs) No, I'm being facetious. Yes, I understand all that. The answer from the doctor was medicine that I couldn't afford. His second answer was to move to Florida. It is considered God's nebulizer. (laughs) Um, God used that prescription, which started my husband and I on a search for what was next in our lives. We did move to Florida, and I was extremely confident that God was going to heal my asthma just by moving to another state. The first four months living in that new state, I was still reeling with the symptoms and ended up in urgent care again, not once, but twice. To say I was mad at God was an understatement. I had moved all that way to still be sick, but God. After my second run-in with the urgent care, they informed me that I needed to find a specialist and get my asthma under control. I was devastated. I could have done all of that in Tennessee where we had just moved from. But why a prescription and a few other things that got us to feel God um, was going to answer my prayer of healing by moving to Florida. By the middle of January, I now had an allergy asthma doctor. He put me on all kinds of medicines to get my lungs healthy. And then the dreaded word, prescription. For a daily inhaler to keep my asthma in check. Again, why? I just knew God was going to heal me. (laughs) But he chose not to do it through a miraculous healing. He chose man-made medicine that I could not afford. $200 was the cheapest. Again, God, the doctor in Tennessee told me all this, what? but I still can't afford it. So now what? I wish I could say I handle it like a champ, but I found myself depressed and angry at God. I guess I felt that because I was doing his will and living my life for him, he somehow owed me this healing. Yes, I did say that. And yes, I did think that. (laughs) When I was done sulking, and you, you do know that God allows us to sulk a little bit, right? He patiently waited for me to come back and say, okay, now what? What's your answer for all of this? At that time, he allowed me to meet, um, Miss Veronica 
a young lady who worked at a pharmacy that did online um, meds. It's out of my comfort zone, um, but I finally gave in and talked to her about it. And so instead of $200 a month, it was $91 for about a three-month supply. I can afford that. But my prayer went something like this. Thank you, Lord. If you aren't going to heal me, at least you made a way for me to afford my medicine. Since that time, I've only had one asthma attack where I actually needed to get on steroids. And it actually wasn't that bad that I couldn't catch my breath like before. Um, But our other reasoning for going to Florida was to plant a church. We just knew that once again, God was going to answer our prayers and that this church would be a blessing and it would prosper. Not going to go into all the details, but let's just say it lasted five months. And this was another why God. (laughs) Why did you let us start it if it wasn't going to work out? Still haven't received the answer, but I can tell you um, that I can tell you what many told us. They would say, you moved to Florida for me. Most of them never came to our church that we started, but I do believe that God used us to change maybe some trajectories in people's lives. Nevertheless, though, I found myself bitter many times because God didn't answer my prayers the way I thought they should be answered. But then he reminded me, would you be a Christian for no other reason than because he is the great I am? And that I was created to worship him because of who he is, not because of what I want him to do for me. My prayer life still needs to be um, more of thank you for answering in the way you see fit because my finite mind has already created enough messes today. Give me strength and courage to accept your answer and to use the answer you gave me to make your name known. (laughs) There's a line in in a song that says, I will praise you in the storm. I think a better line would be, I'll praise you no matter the answer because you see all and you know all. But we have to remember that life's disappointments, especially in the area of um, of answered prayers, no matter if they are answered in the way we had wished or not, are for the advancement of his kingdom, not us. So earlier I used two words, God is omnipresent and omniscient. He is ever-present and all-knowing. I have known those words for about a half a century, a quarter of a century now. Um, They were big words that I threw around. And a few years ago, a pastor during his sermon said, what? You think God woke up today and said, "Um, I didn't see that coming. Uh, No, God knew exactly that this would be happening. Our assignment, if we choose to accept it is to have the faith that Romans 8, 28 is true. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This means life's disappointments can and will be used as a part of God's plan. Our challenge, though, is to not get so deep into a depression, allowing Satan to have a field day with our faith, but to say, okay, God, If I'm going to claim, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, out of Jeremiah 29, 11, then I have to live a life of faith 
through the disappointments as well. Psalms 23 verse 4 reads, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they they comfort me. And I've heard it said, you have a choice. Do you keep walking or do you stop and you pitch a tent? Faith says you keep walking. Fear and doubt says you pitch a tent. Faith to walk even when it doesn't make sense. Faith knows that God's got this. And he didn't wake up this morning and say, well, I didn't see that coming. The second big thing for me was when my amazing husband took me, took my head in his hands when I was having my pity party one day. And he said, do you know that it's not not God's job to make sure you're happy, (laughs) but it's your job to glorify him through everything? Ouch. (laughs) How do we live a life of faith in the realm of disappointment? Does it mean that we don't get upset, cry, and question? No, not at all. The answer for me is knowing God is still God. My faith in him is not contingent upon his granting me the perfect life. That is why we have a free will. We are free to choose to have faith or not. One of the challenges I feel is that somewhere along the way in the 21st century, Christian leaders have created a false sense of faith and how we live that out in our daily lives. It is no longer an irresistible response to live a life worthy of the calling put on our lives, a life of faith in God for no other reason than because he is the great I am and is worthy to be worshiped, but have faith and live it when things are going in our favor, when we have our best life. (laughs) I find myself dwelling a lot in the Old Testament They were following a cloud by day and a fire by night. They had faith because God said it. It was truth. Today, we don't need Satan in any form of a serpent saying, did God really say that? (laughs) We have Christian leaders saying, well, I don't really think that is what God meant. And I am afraid that we have blindly followed leaders in our churches because they are in a pulpit. They may be... Um, maybe they're charismatic or a dynamic speaker. They may have even mesmerized you with the latest technology or use um, of words that are large and above our vocabulary. We have gotten so lazy that we've taken them at their word because, well, they're the leader and they have been con- and we have been conditioned to not rock the boat. When we see leaders using their platforms and pulpits to rewrite God's word, Couple that with the force of social media that that social media has had on our mental health and our belief systems. It is no wonder that we find it hard to live out our faith, especially, especially when life disappoints. I love the fact that the creator of the heavens and the earth saw fit to send his son Jesus to die on that cross over 2,000 years ago so that I would have a choice to be in relationship with him for eternity through faith. Recently, I read a statement that said something like this. When you become a child of the Almighty, your eternity started right then and there. Now start living like it. (laughs) Your everyday life on this earth will be filled with disappointments because we live in a fallen world. But as a masterpiece created to do good things, we need to live 
faithfully, knowing that even our disappointments have first been filtered through our loving daddy's hands. So therefore, while living on this earth, we need to turn our, we need to turn everything into praise because our daddy is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He is omniscient. He is all knowing. He loves us. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We need to get back to where our lives, where we live our lives as, as an irresistible response to God's love for us, to live a life worthy of the calling put on our lives, a life of faith in God for no other reason than because he is the great I am and he is worthy to be worshiped. It is time to have a paradigm shift in our thinking to, we need to renew our minds to the things of God. Remember that as children of the almighty King, that we are to live every day to glorify him and not ourselves, even in the midst of disappointment. Romans 12, one and two. Therefore, I urge you brothers in the view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. One last thing before I close. In Luke 5, Jesus is talking with Peter and Jesus tells them to go out where it's deeper and let their nets down. Here's Peter's reply. Master, we worked all, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let my nets down again. (laughs) And this time their nets were so full of fish. They began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boats and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. Because you said so, I will. Those are the famous words from this exchange. And this needs to be our mantra for living out faith even when life disappoints. So question for you, who or what is your faith in? And who or what is dictating how you respond to disappointment? Thank you for joining us. Again, my name is Meredith Kendall, and I hope that you got something out of this, living out your faith when life disappoints. And that we need to not look at our circumstances, but look at the creator and lift everything back up to him and say, I don't understand, but I have faith. And my job is to glorify you, Lord, in everything even in my disappointments. Thank you for joining us today. And we hope that you find your purpose in who God created you to be. Have an amazing week.